She'll be joining us if that's okay. Nope. I'll get her out. Uh, I guess. It's a close set. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Self Love Podcast. Today, I am in beautiful Austin for the second time, joined by Alexi 8 Bit. Can you introduce yourself a little bit to the people? Yeah. Hey, I'm Alexi 8 Bit. Uh, my full name's Alexi Hill. I am a musician and producer, and I also work for a video game company. And this is Gizmo, my dog. Say hi, Gizmo. Okay, cool. She doesn't like the camera. Uh, before we start, I do have something for you. Oh. Is a little gift basket. Oh, thank you so much. Like that. that is I don't so know if you're, sweet. Like, you like sweets and stuff, so I throw a candle in there too, and then there's like little cookies. So. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These are actually like some of my favorite cookies. Really? Yeah. No, growing up, we'd always wow. get those. We get like the big ones, and then yeah. we just eat them. So. Thank you, can you put so them much. Back over here, yes, thank you. you. Um, I do want to say also, whenever I sent you that, um, the list of questions, the pre-questions, you were the first person to be like very detailed, like <laughs> each one had like two or three sentences in. So I was like, thank you. I was like, that's just like very, like <laughs> helps me know who you are. So I appreciate that. Um, you grew up in Germany or you were yes. born in Germany. Mm -hmm. Can you I, talk about that? Yes. So I was born and raised there. Mm. I lived in Wiesbaden for the first eight years of my life. And um, so my, my dad's German. My mom is Mexican-American. Mm -hmm. So I am Germex, as I like to call it. <laughs> That's funny. I never yes. heard that. Yeah, I've heard um, more racially slur-infused versions of that. Mm. So That's what I like to say. Yeah, I like that better, too. <laughs> And then I um, moved to London in the UK, lived there for two years, mm -hmm. and then I moved to Texas with my family in the DFW area. And then I ended up going to school in, here in Austin, mm -hmm. at UT Austin, and I've been here for about seven years now. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so what was it, why were you like moving so much? Was it your parents? If you don't want to talk about it, it's fine, but like, was it your parents' jobs? I'm happy to or, like, talk what? about it. Yeah, my uh, my dad was in finance, and his job had us move around several times. Mm -hmm. How was that like for you? As a kid, it was pretty distressing, I won't lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to move a whole different country away from my friends that I'd really loved. But at the same time, moving to different countries as a kid really helped develop my sense of the international world, you know, mm -hmm. on a more global scale, not just in one spot. <laughs> um, I do want to say, out of your favorite, which one was your favorite? They all have their perks. I would say London was not any of my favorites. Really? Because it was so damn dreary and gloomy, and it rained, like, every day. And <laughs> it was just, like, overcast skies, and I would just, like, be in my room playing the piano whatever mm -hmm. um but i would say in terms of nature mm -hmm. i super loved germany really? yes it's there's just so much green there's a big forest there and so i grew up with my older sibling and i running around and playing outside it was mm -hmm. really fundamental to like my brain development. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love nature. But also, I love Austin because it's like a city and it's nature. Mm -hmm. It's a little combination of both. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I like that. to come and visit every now and then. But living here, I'm like, we'll see. Maybe later, but I don't think right now. I was like, I'm okay without it. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into the music then. Uh, you started with a band at first, and then you moved on to solo recently. So... Let's go back to like the band. How did that start? Who did you meet? Like, how did that all right. get started? So, um, actually, in high school, I did come out with an EP on my own, but it has really? since been deleted from the internet Damn. and no one can find it <laughs> except for a single video on my YouTube channel. But besides that, you mm -hmm. can't find it, it's untraceable. Okay. Um, but I had that out, and when I first entered college, I was looking for a band because, you know, I was writing music, I was wanting to learn more instruments besides what I already knew. And 
So I kind of advertised that to um, some kind of Facebook group. I think just like the general UT Austin student body. Mm -hmm. And I got a few responses and I started jamming around with people. And then I found this guy, Roger. Uh, hi, Roger, if you're watching this. <laughs> Hello, he Roger. is a really excellent guitarist. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we started playing together. We didn't really have a lot of bands in common that we both like, except for the Strokes. So we kind of went in a more rocky direction, and mm -hmm. I started learning bass, and we, we began playing around town, and we ended up gigging like three times a week and then putting out a lot of music. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, how was, how was like, how fast did that go, like start, like you performing and everything with everybody? It kind of picked up fast, yeah. I think, yes. Uh, in total, we played for two or three years, and it was really fun. At some point, we uh, played the, what was it? Okay, so UT has like a battle of the bands mm. competition every year, and mm -hmm. the winner gets to play at 40 Acres Fest. So we did that, and we won, and we ended up opening for Waka Flocka Flame. What the? I know, totally <laughs> different genres. Yeah. Like, the genre crossover was crazy. <laughs> we were, like, rock and roll, and, uh, you know, Waka Flocka Flame is... <laughs> not rock and roll. No. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that, why, why did they do that? Was it just, like, just random? It was, like, they were going to have him anyway, and it's just whoever won would open for him, so... That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um... Okay, and how long how long did um, that last? Like, or are you still doing that right now? No, so that was about two or three years, mm -hmm. and then uh, the band dissolved, and I ended up starting this new band called Beach Blossom, mm -hmm. which is currently active again. We had a bit of a hiatus, but mm -hmm. we're back up and running, and it's more of a jazz rock fusion band. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, and then those people were they the same people or somebody else? Same drummer, same drummer. Okay. And you, oh, is it just y'all two, a drummer and that? No, or who it's is it? uh, me, Cameron McLenahan, the drummer, mm. and Kurt Glatz, the guitarist, and Peter Kishler on bass. Okay. Uh, but what is that like building that, that band and, you know, performing? How was all that like? It's been a pretty empowering experience, I'd say. Um, you know, it made me feel empowered because I was able to network with the people I know and find further connections and be able to build something from scratch. And um, I, I do mostly do the writing for that band, mm -hmm. but every now and then one of the bandmates will come up with a song that we'll all put together. Um, but I really like that kind of collaborative feel. I also like you know, being a dominant writer too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a, a give and take writing situation, which I like. And it's been so fun playing live with them because they're all excellent musicians and I'm so lucky to be working with them. And um, I don't know, when we all play together live, we just have a lot of fun with it and we practice a lot beforehand. So we mm -hmm. try to really get it down. So, you know, it's fun and it's clean and... Uh, yeah, I also like engaging with the audience when I'm up there. When's yeah. the last time you performed? Because you said you had a hiatus. How long has that been? I believe it was, hmm, I think the summer is when mm -hmm. we last played, if I remember correctly. Was it just y'all just kind of taking a break or like did something happen or, or what was it? So I quit my shitty job oh, okay, and okay. that was in April. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start my solo career as Alexi 8-Bit. So after quitting my job and I had a lot of time on my hands to think and to work on the things I wanted to, I just asked them for a break because I needed to sort out my sound, figure out kind of my life. Mm -hmm. Looking back at it, it was kind of a quarter life crisis, <laughs> <laughs> but I handled it well and uh -huh. I got to where I am now, which is on a path of where I want to be. Okay. And I found you through our friend over here that we're buying our apartment. Yeah. Thank you for letting us use this beautiful living room. Yes. 
But uh, yeah, I found you through through her. I saw uh, she was posting you, and you were like performing and everything. And I was like, oh, let's let's check her out. And I, I really did enjoy your music, and uh, it's like very like calm and like soothing. It's I like something that. I like to listen to just to like chill out. How long have you been doing this again? Like solo again for like a couple months? I put my first single out in August. Okay. So it has been like three months or yeah. so, but um, I started writing my EP in April when I quit my job. Mm-hmm. And then with re- you released that recently too. Uh, how has the, the feedback from that been? It's been really positive, and it's interesting hearing people talk about what my music sounds like in terms of like texture and space. I've I've been told mm, that it's very that. like spacey and that I mm-hmm. give instruments kind of their time to I don't know have the spotlight on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's enough space that there isn't too much interference uh, between the sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely for sure. What is your creative process with? like going on your own like how do you go about it it differs every time mm-hmm. um i journal a lot just in general to like for mental health purposes mm-hmm. um so i don't drive myself crazy <laughs> i i journal every night and it's usually a lot of you know emotional stuff it's things i've been feeling things that have been on my mind and oftentimes i'll pull from what i wrote there Mm-hmm. Other times I'll like write, you know, this cathartic stuff that no one should ever see because it would be bad for their <laughs> mental health. <laughs> and then after I like get all the clutter out of my brain, there is like this moment of silence in my head, kind of in the way that you would get when you're meditating or something. Mm-hmm. And then after that moment of silence, like these really creative, beautiful things come out of me. And I feel like I have to write it down so that I can then put it into art. Oh. So so there are some times where I start with the lyrics in that way. Other times I will maybe think of a melody and like shittily record it on my phone and mm-hmm. my voice memos and then eventually get back to it. And on Logic, my DAW that I use, I'll, I'll record it there and start it off there. Wow. That's I never had anybody do that, like writing down their journal and then looking back into it to making music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Usually it's just like they think of it. Well, at least from what I've heard. Oh, my God, sorry. Um, at least from what I heard, like they're just like they listen to the music and they feel whatever's going on and then they just start writing from there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool that you like kind of look back at your thoughts from earlier in the month or the year or whatever and like kind of turn it into music. So that's that's really nice that you do that. Thanks. Um, what do you want to do from here? What is like your goals from here? Well, the big goal, the big 10 year goal mm-hmm. would be to make music my full-time job to be able to tour. And um, so that's that's the 10 year goal. Yeah. In a smaller time frame, I would really like to assemble a band for my solo project um, because I really like playing solo live but it's so much more fun with other people you can bounce Mm -hmm. ideas off of each other you just have more fun on stage you're connecting with other people Mm -hmm. oh that's nice when do you think you could get all that together my goal is by january by january yeah i am looking for bassists and drummers right now hit me up anybody watching Uh, i've gotten a lot of responses for bass a lot of bassists around town but mm-hmm. not a lot of drummers so really? yeah that's surprising I'm still on the lookout for that okay okay um any drummers hit me up hit yes. her up on instagram <laughs> or whatever else um okay okay um i guess what was the most exciting performance you had exciting i would say the waka flocka one really but also um there was this one performance that i had when I was in Midnight Archives, the rock band that like really hit my heart somehow. We were playing a house show. It was kind of early on. It was when we were still a duo and didn't have a drummer with us. It was me and the guitarist. We were playing a house show in San Antonio and it was one of our early performances. 
and I was singing this like really emotional song that I had written um, about just like the hurts of love, I suppose, and um, insecurities that arise when you are dating around, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, people in the audience were really moved by it and they started like kind of clapping along to it. And I don't know mm -hmm. why it just really did something to me. I'd never seen people connect with my music in that way before. Mm -hmm. And it like made me cry. And I started crying on stage, <laughs> which sucks. Uh -huh. I never want to do that again. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I don't mind if I cry again on stage. But <laughs> it's hard to sing when you're crying. Yeah, so I was like, funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. but it was like really emotional and moving. And it mm -hmm. was, I don't know, it made me feel like I can have effect in people's lives. Yeah, for sure. And what song was that so we can listen to it? Well, it's not... We never recorded it. Really? Yeah. I think it was. it's on our SoundCloud, though, if we still have it. Okay. It's called uh, No More. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll definitely go check it out. <laughs> um, damn, so you cried on stage. I did. Wow. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I feel like I would feel somewhat, em not embarrassed, but like, like, damn, why am I crying on stage, you know? That's how I just felt. Just not really embarrassed, <laughs> but just like, damn. Um, what what um, were like your inspirations in music? Like, who were your artists that you kind of looked up to? Amy Winehouse, number one, for mm -hmm. sure. She also puts her heart into her music, and, you know, she would write exactly how she's feeling even if it might have been too raw or scathing to the listeners ears mm -hmm. she was very honest and she had incisive lyrics and a beautiful voice and her lower register really inspired me and just the texture of her voice you know mm -hmm. it's really um recognizable and i also really like Haida's coyote they're a really great band, mm -hmm. like Jazz Fusion. All of those musicians are super well-trained and just really good at their own instruments. And then together, they create magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I discovered Highest Coyote not too long ago, if I'm going to be honest. Probably like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't like deep, deep dove into them. But like from the surface, from what I've listened to, I was like, this is nice. Like I, I really do enjoy their music. I think I found it because of a Kendrick Lamar sampled it, I think, like oh, really? one of their songs. Do you know what, what he sampled? I think it was Choose Your Weapon. I yeah. think he sampled that into nice. one of his songs. Um, is what are like kind of some struggles you've kind of dealt with with creating a band and like kind of starting off on your own? Something I've had to deal with, I suppose, is, I don't know, just interacting with certain kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there will be people who will try to put you down and make you feel like what you have inside of you isn't important or doesn't need to be heard. And yeah, some people can just be really hurtful even in sneaky ways mm -hmm. that don't seem so obvious. So yeah. Just interacting with certain kinds of people who have been hurt themselves before mm -hmm. and they haven't cleared it up with themselves and they haven't healed through it. And so they'll try and basically, what is it called? They'll project onto you. Yeah. And they'll try and put you down. And I, what I've learned through playing in the Austin music scene is that real recognizes real. <laughs> like, um, if someone has talent and they're diligent and hardworking, they'll recognize when someone else has the same thing. They won't mm -hmm. be like, oh, my art is now lesser because they're doing amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind of this funny mentality of like, well, I gotta have my piece of the pie because there's only one pie. Mm -hmm. I gotta get mine and I guess you're trying to get yours, but it's not like that. It's like. There are many pies. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. There's, there's a lot of things you can do out here. And, um, I, I hate that, too. With anything, because it's, it's not even just music, either. With anything, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of people just 
hating, I yeah. guess, and kind of being like that. And then there are times where, you know, I'll like connect with people before a show and be like, hey, nice to meet you. And I don't know, try and chat it up and they'll be rude mm -hmm. to me until I perform. And then they're like, oh, mm -hmm. now I'll try and be nice to try and yeah. get in somewhere. Fuck, no. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I was, I was nice to you. Yeah, before. I'm like, okay. You're an asshole. You weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So over here, you said it's not really too much of that in Austin, or there's still a little bit? I'd say there's plenty of it. Yeah? Yes. But you find your people. Yeah. Or you found at least a couple people that are welcoming. Certainly. In that sense, yeah. Um, I really do, like, I know you've only had a few music videos, but I do kind of like how you go about it. Is there, like, is that... Um, the guy who films it kind of plans out the um, the music videos, or is that you kind of, like, throw some an idea out there and then you all just kind of bounce off each other? How does that go? It's mostly... So, so I work with Zachariah Williams, Z.H. Williams. Everyone should check him out. Um, he usually throws an idea at me. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, I'll show him the song, maybe sprinkle in a few things, and, yeah, we'll talk about it and... Mm -hmm. Honestly, I trust his creative direction, and if you suggest something to me, I'll usually be like, yeah, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Is there anything you do want to do? Is there any idea that you're like, oh, let me, I want to try to do this for a music video? Yes, I can think of a few things. Uh, one is for Sunshine Honey that mm -hmm. I wrote about this little girl here. Uh, Gizmo loves to sunbathe, so mm -hmm. I wrote that song about her. So I basically just want the music video to be like a glamour reel of Gizmo. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it'd cool. be really cute. I want to memorialize her. I Gizmo. And her beauty. Just been chilling there. Just yeah. been sleeping. She's or, a good girl. Just chilling. Yeah. Is there anything that you've been, that's been kind of on your mind lately, like with the world? With the with world? Anything, yeah. That's like either bothering you or it's like, oh, wow, this is great. You know, anything like that at the moment. Maybe not so much bothering me, but I kind of have this theory that people are going to need to be empathetic and community driven in order for humanity to like continue mm -hmm. and not kill itself. <laughs> no, definitely for sure. On this planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think the pandemic had people starting to think about that mm -hmm. because beforehand it might have been like, yeah, it's really everyone for themselves. I take my resources and you grab yours. Mm -hmm. But then after the pandemic, we're like, oh, shit. So if I'm lonely and I don't know, I'm not connecting with a lot of people, like, what do I have? Mm -hmm. So post-pandemic, even though we're still in it, really, yeah. uh post-restrictive pandemic, I should say, people are finding more value in community, and mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that, you know, in order for us to, like, solve climate change or mitigate it and, I don't know, put positive things into our future, we're going to have to be together and work together. Wow, it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, 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 the snaps. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that that is really true, though, because, I mean, I didn't really think about it until you kind of brought it up right now, but I even in myself, I'm like, I really do want to kind of build a community around me and, like, start doing things to kind of help each other out and things like that. So I, I never thought about that until you really said it right now. So, again, thank you and beautiful. Ooh, yeah, sure. Beautiful. <laughs> Oh, is Thanks, there KJ. Oh, no. Oh, because you're like... I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's funny. Uh, damn it, I had a good question. I had one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, what would you tell your younger self? You're a little weirdo, and it's okay. In <laughs> fact, it should be celebrated, you little nerd. Is there any, anything you want to bring up? Well, in line with the title of this podcast, Self Love Society. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think within the past year or two, one of the biggest lessons of my life has been to, you know, 
actually take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Because if you abandon yourself, like, who else is going to be there to take care of you, you know? Very true. And, uh, yeah, if you want to generally have a happy life, it's a worthwhile investment. So take care of yourself. Yeah, so take care uh, of yourself. Yeah, definitely. Definitely do that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, like, with all these different social medias and stuff, like, especially TikTok, like, how do you feel like that's affecting us and, like, the younger generation? All I can say is that I'm glad that I'm not a little kid right now. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, Instagram started becoming a big thing. I'd say when we were in like middle school and it's definitely grown a lot since then and it is not just a place where you follow people you know and they post stuff about their life. Now um, a lot of these spaces are you know places to advertise, Mm -hmm. uh, places that try to grab your attention and keep it and I feel like if I were younger right now, I would see all these Instagram models mm-hmm. and people my age even who, you know, kind of subscribe to that lifestyle and try and put on that image. And I think it would hurt my self-esteem because I would feel like that's the only way to be acceptable and I guess loved in a way by people. Yeah, based on, like, how you physically present yourself, which is, you know, not true and upsetting and to a younger mind can be really hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, you really take a lot of stock in what people think about you. Yeah, about I know. You. Even, even with me. Even I, now. Even now, I know but a like lot of people still. Now. Yeah, that that was a big thing. Even growing up for us, like, we didn't really, like you said, Instagram can't, can't kind of became popular a little later but like i feel like even with us it was still a little bit like damn like why don't i have this or that why don't i look like that it was you a lot can of, still do that now yeah you know that was a lot of a lot of insecurity yeah like that. i definitely have to stop myself mm. sometimes because you know i'll be posting on instagram or whatever because that's how you get shit done as a musician <laughs> that's how you get people to shows that's how you advertise your music how you grow your following and it takes everything in me to not just, you know, I don't know, check on the story of someone who's maybe also a musician, who's also been doing this, but for longer than I have, Mm -hmm. and see, like, they've got these great shows coming up, they have great stats on their Spotify artist wrapped, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, it's easy to compare yourself, because you're like, whoa, I'm the same age group. Yeah we have the same time on our hands. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like I'm behind? And it's like really unhealthy to do that because everyone comes from different roadways. People come from different levels of privilege, different Mm -hmm. spheres of knowledge, different upbringings, you know? They started a long time ago or longer than you. Uh, And there's just no use in comparing like levels of creativity. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's special in their own way me too i think everyone's creative and Mm -hmm. that people put blocks on themselves and uh walls around what they think they can do like Mm -hmm. i have a lot of friends who are like i can't draw but i don't Mm -hmm. i don't believe that and you know you just i don't know that's me just draw i do that i'm like i can't draw but i still kind of i started to draw more Mm -hmm. but i'm like i can't draw my older sibling Bianca, they're a really, really great visual artist. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I would see them draw. And, you know, when you're little and if you have siblings, you're like, no, it's my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's your thing. Definitely. So growing up in my head, I was like, okay, I can't draw because Bianca draws. So I can't. And they're amazing. So how could I even start? Mm-hmm. And then in college, I just started experimenting more with visual art, just mm-hmm. doing it for fun. And... You know, I feel like I have my own art style to a degree, and it's just fun. It's just another way to express yourself and to do something creative, to create with your hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a, a, going kind of back to what, what we were just talking about. It is a, um, it's a thing I do myself still, too. 
like fuck like oh same thing like followers like oh they have more followers or, or they have this and stuff what do you what do you do to kind of help yourself get out of that i close the app really is that <laughs> is it just like simple just turn it off well i do that and then honestly i'll journal about it mm-hmm. i'll write about it to it feels like words feel like clutter in my brain that i need to get out mm-hmm. you know i need to try that it's really helpful. I've done it a little bit, but I haven't, like, stuck to it and, like, kept doing it every single day. I would probably do it for, like, a week, and then i just kind mm-hmm. of stop and, and let it go away. What's but, really helped me is realizing that it's for my eyes only, and that I will never show it to anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't judge myself when I write it, you know? Yeah. I think that's what's really helped me stick with it. Okay. Have you, do you, do you go on TikTok? I recently created one, yes. Oh, so you did? I'm now on TikTok, but honestly, not that often. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think for me too, like, I, I never wanted to download it until I think <laughs> it was like a year or two. My friend kept telling me, like, oh, dude, there's this TikTok. Like, let me send you. And I was like, fine. I downloaded it, and like, that's a thing that's like, I can get lost in it for like hours and hours. Yeah. That was the thing that I was like, fuck. I was like, I really do need to get off of here because mm. at least step back from it a little bit because yeah. I have you have to post like a lot on anything on any platform right now in order for you to you know be seen by everybody else mm-hmm. so that's been a struggle for me too I trying understand. to post for every every single day multiple times a day yeah and, stuff like and that. the TikTok algorithm particularly works uh with frequency you know mm-hmm. it, you will eventually gain a following if you post every day if you post multiple times a day mm-hmm I remember I was actually very hesitant and resistant to downloading TikTok because, well, first of all, I'm just really, like, resistant to to new technology. Like, I'm probably going to be an old person and resist some kind of life-saving technology because I'm like, no, (laughs) just don't want to. And uh, I asked several of my friends about TikTok, and I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of afraid to download it. And KJ and my friend Julia, they would be like, yeah, don't do it. It's so addictive. (laughs) They would literally tell me not to. And I was like, whoa, whoa. But then I downloaded it. So. And now we're here, addicted to it. (laughs) Thank you to our friends that told us to download it. I was so against it, right? I was so against it. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. No. Like, I'm not. And then I did it. And I was like, great. That's cool. Uh, what do you spend your most of your time doing, like your off time doing? Um, I like to... Honestly, when I write, it's usually at night because I can't get stuff out of my head. But during the day, I'll walk my little dog, Gibbs. I love taking her out and about. She has a really happy, healthy life. Um, I like to cook, hang out with friends. Um, yeah, visual arts for fun. I'm also a weirdo who likes to rearrange and reorganize my room a lot. <laughs> I can't get myself to do that. Really? I know I need to to make space, but I'm like, eh, I'll just get lazy and then get on YouTube. Mm. I just feel like my room will be so messy if I don't constantly try and optimize it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I definitely need to start optimizing the space because it's it's too cluttered right now. Um. I also like to collaborate with friends, like, creatively. Mm-hmm. And also just hang out, find new spots, um, go to see shows. What kind of, do you just, what kind of shows do you go out to watch? A lot of local acts. Mm-hmm. I will, um, you know, occasionally go to see, like, an internationally or domestically touring act. But um, I often find that when I play shows and make friends and I go out to see their shows, mm-hmm. I'm just exposed to a lot more local music. Mm-hmm. And it's often really good because, you know, people have different creative ideas inside of them and their art is so unique. And it's just so satisfying to go out to see a show or whatever because of someone you know and you like explore a whole new maybe genre even or mm-hmm. just a whole new group that you haven't heard of before. It's really fun. Yeah, I'm starting to try to kind of do the same thing uh, to go out to different shows or uh, markets and stuff like mm. that to kind of expose myself to more. And I feel like it has helped with exposure and, mm. like, 
seeing new things. Yeah, and like it's not say. necessarily for the sake of like networking or anything, mm -hmm. even though that does happen if you go up and talk to them. Mm -hmm. I feel like going to shows keeps me inspired and it, it keeps me, I don't know, thinking of new ideas and new writing techniques mm -hmm. and also new performance techniques. You know, sometimes I'll try and soak up someone's like really amazing stage presence and energy. Mm -hmm. And other times I'll be like, what's on your pedal board? You know, mm -hmm. what's something do you think that you lack in the performance side of things? Things that I lack? Yeah. I'd say, uh, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of experience with energetic solo music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll be playing my songs and they're kind of lower energy or more soft listening. And I won't, I won't really know how to kind of keep the audience engaged. That's mm -hmm. kind of been a struggle for me with solo work. Uh -huh. But I'm finding new ways to do that. I think I could be more engaging on stage. Um, maybe I need to write more upbeat songs too because I, I like performing upbeat stuff. It's uh -huh. just more difficult to write. Do you think maybe it's like a visual thing? Maybe you gotta have more visuals to your performance? Maybe. That definitely helps moving around. Yeah. And um, yeah, looking at different parts of the crowd. Shaking some booty. Do you have like certain lights or something when you perform? Or like. I do have a little shitty light that I sometimes take to performances. Uh -huh. It'll like swirl around and it's fun. But uh, I mean, if I had the budget for it, I would totally like hire. That's another light thing. and sound crew every damn yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. I forgot that's another thing that you have to put some money down for as a visual thing like that. Um, what do you think, uh, Would you, or what would you say to people right now that are kind of starting to do what you do, or like that little kid, or I mean even the older person or whatever is out there trying to do what you do, what do you think would be something that or some advice that you would give them to kind of help them, give them that push? You are never behind. People start in their own time and take their own creative journey. And what you have inside of you, what you have in your brain is unique to you. And only you have that flavor of art. And, you know, art and creation is so unique to humans that is your prerogative to do it and mm -hmm. you have to like i don't know you have to create because it makes you feel better and sometimes other people need to hear it mm -hmm. definitely did you have any schooling for like music or you just kind of did it no i'm i'm self-taught mm -hmm. but mostly because i'm extremely stubborn and don't like being taught by other people <laughs> Like, that. that's kind of also been how I just learn academically. Mm -hmm. In college, I would skip class all the damn time and just read the textbook. Really? Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, I don't want to go. And I don't know. It, it, sometimes I feel anxious in the moment of being taught something mm -hmm. because, you know, they'll give it to you and they'll be like, do you understand? Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand and they continue to try and teach you the same way and you still don't understand, it's just like... Mm -hmm. I don't know, it makes me feel uncomfortable and anxious. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I've taught myself everything. Oh, what about your parents? Did they ever per, like play anything or sing or anything like that? My dad is a classical pianist. Oh, yeah. So we had a lot of pianos around the house, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which allowed me to experiment with it. And he tried to teach me, but uh, it was pretty bad. Thing. Was it the <laughs> same thing that you are just like, I can't? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. <clears throat> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how many, do you, how many siblings do you have? Because I, I heard you were talking about one earlier. Yes, I've got three siblings. Three siblings. Are they older, younger? One older sibling and two younger sisters. What about them? Uh, have they, like, touched music or anything like that? Not really. Um, I think my little sisters have ukuleles. Mm -hmm. But it's really just like my practice ukulele when I go back home to my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I think we've had kind of different interests there. Okay. So, so from you saying that, does your family support you still? Yes. For doing what you're doing? 
My parents definitely do. I don't really think my siblings really give a shit about it. Really? Is it just because they're young, or is it just like... Yeah, and, you know, like... Yeah, I think it is because they are young. They're... And so, you know, they're really into their own lives, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, I know they're proud of me. That's good that you had that support system. Was it always like that? Was it always that support system from your music? Surprisingly, yes. That's good. Although growing up, my my siblings hated it because I would be like, you know, you start off something really shitty. So mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, yeah, like, like singing yeah, my heart that. out really terribly at home. <laughs> They'd be like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah. So... But I think that's just like a sibling dynamic no, thing. No, definitely. I had the same thing. I'd be playing my drums and then felt like, stop being so loud. I'm yeah. like, bro, I need to practice so I can get better. I was like, okay. Yeah. That's definitely that sibling thing right there. Mm. But that's good that you had that you had that support system since day one. Yeah. What's something that you you want to learn? Music. With music. Like music an instrument, wise? yeah. I want to learn drums mm-hmm. and guitar. You know the bass, right? Yeah. So I feel like, would it be kind of easier to learn the guitar, or is it still a little challenging to mess with that? I tried learning it in high school, and basically only got some chords down, and, you know, I could probably be a shitty rhythm player, but, I don't know, something happens when my brain tries to comprehend something with six strings, Mm -hmm. and it's very confusing to me. But I would like to learn that. And I also, I think I have more interest in learning drums right now because I'm already proficient with like a lead instrument, the Mm -hmm. keyboard. Mm -hmm. And you can do a bunch of different sounds with it. Although the guitar is definitely very different and you can like slide with it, you know, whereas with the keyboard, you have to be like. And so. I, I do have a lot of interest in the guitar, but I feel more drawn to drums because percussion is such a big part of music, you know? Uh, music is just repetitive, organized sound, and the very basic, uh, I guess, bass of it mm-hmm. is the drums, not the bass. Well, maybe no. the bass. The it's bass is, and melodic. bass is the bass, you know? But, um... Yeah, I have a lot of interest in learning the drums to round out myself as a musician Mm -hmm. because I'll be making music in Logic and I have kind of a feel for the rhythm, but I don't know what to do specifically to make it sound like it's a person playing a drum kit, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not just me going like bloop, bloop, bloop on my MIDI. (laughs) So do do you like... You produce everything, right? And, like, mix it and, and master it and everything? I don't master it. You don't master it? No. Just mixing. But you do everything else so on your own? Same thing with your with your band? No. Did you? Um, I just started learning how to, like, record and mix and stuff in January. Mm-hmm. So before then, we would just go to people and they would record us. Mm-hmm. How's that process, learning how to mix and all that? It's really fun. There's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Th- it's kind of this endless sea of knowledge. And I just have to keep diving and diving and exploring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. From seeing, I've been in on a couple studio sessions and looking at them work and I'm like, well, there's all kinds of buttons and uh, um, filters they put on and like compressors and everything. And I'm like, what yeah. the heck are you doing right now? Because I have no idea, but it sounds great. Yeah. But so... You you just kind of started. How long has that? Have you been learning how to do that? Since January. Since January. I think I got that job right out of college, in order to finance my music career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, before then, I didn't have the money to like buy a Mac, mm-hmm. buy Logic, because Logic only runs on uh, Apple products. Really. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, and so I, you know, saved up a lot of money, and basically bought a beefed out, specced up uh, iMac desktop Mm -hmm. with Logic like already installed on there. So there was zero chance of me fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that's perfect. Uh, Is that the only one you've messed around with? The only uh, software you've messed around with? No, I've also uh, worked a little bit in Ableton, although the user interface for that is like crazy. Really? Yeah, it's so, there's just so much going on. Uh, I don't really like working in Ableton. Uh-huh. I've also worked with Pro Tools, 
but Pro Tools is annoying because it's subscription based, so you have to renew it every year. Whereas with Logic or Ableton, you just buy it once. Yeah, no, that's it's really messed up. And people are like, Pro Tools is the industry standard, but I have a conspiracy nah. that it's really just that Pro Tools can get more money forever. Yeah, no, I believe that because people use a lot of things other than Pro Tools, and it sounds just as good as anything else that's been out there. Uh, what about FL? Fruity Loops? Yeah, yeah. Have you messed with that or no? I did when I was in, like, high school, and I was just like, oh, this is not for me. Really? Also, a user interface thing, I what think. Did, what did you... Oh, you just didn't like how it looked. That's what I used when I was messing around a little bit, and um, I liked it. I feel like I could mess with it a little bit, but it wasn't... No, nah, it was complicated. I'm not going to lie. I had to look up a lot of YouTube videos and I'm mm. like, for every little thing, just a YouTube video, just to figure mm. out how to just record... But that's also in. how you learn. Yeah. It's amazing that we have access to so many learning tools. Mm -hmm. I This is something I want to talk about, too. How do you feel about, like, I know nowadays you can do YouTube for anything and learn anything. I feel like there should be something where, like, I guess there should be a test and, like, be like, hey, if you're this good at this, you don't need to go to school, you know? Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Because I feel like there's a lot of people that are very talented and they've, you know, without any school, like with you, you didn't go to any school for any music. And um, well, if you wanted to get a job in like, let's say, um, uh, what's it called? An audio engineer or anything like that. I feel like if you have the knowledge already, like I feel like you should get the job. I agree. I think that competence is the biggest thing and mm -hmm. um, I don't know, doing anything right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, well, I guess that's just like a college uh, uh, like the system's fucked kind of thing is like true a lot of people don't need college nowadays I yeah. feel like unless you're like I agree. a doctor yeah I mean I don't do anything related <laughs> to what I got a degree in mm -hmm. right now so <laughs> it's just a thought I wanted to, I wanted to bring out there it's like I agree college is kind of not worth it yeah. unless it is unless it is that's yeah. right oh <clears throat> uh, what did you go to school for again? I know you probably said it earlier, but I forgot. I don't think I did. Um, okay, so I was like in this engineering degree for three years. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, this is terrible and I hate it. So I switched to sustainability studies mm -hmm. and finished out that fourth year, then did an extra semester to get my degree. What did you like want to do with that? What was the goal for doing that? So sustainability is like the intersection of environmental and social justice. And so the idea was to help people some way, somehow. Uh, I had a lot of interest in the water sector. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the nonprofit that I worked in for a while. And, um, yeah, I, I was really interested in water resources because mm -hmm. that's just going to keep decreasing. Uh, can you talk about that a little more? Because I didn't really know about the water decreasing thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that we got to worry about as climate change progresses. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is our access to water because we already have a tiny, tiny amount of actual potable water. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the ocean. Can't drink that. Too salty. Too many crazy things in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, take away the ocean. Mm -hmm. Look at all the bodies of fresh water in the world. Uh, there's a smaller percentage of that that's actually drinkable. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we talked about a lot when I was studying sustainability was that there's this thing called a zone of sacrifice, which is... Um, Sounds very scary. <laughs> it is scary. So it's this, you know, basically the zone of sacrifice is this kind of imaginary, I don't know, line or... Uh, group of people mm -hmm. that are affected so the zone of sacrifice mm -hmm. is basically the who is affected by climate change immediately mm -hmm. so who is um, affected by natural disasters who is affected by drought and as climate change progresses that zone of sacrifice will keep increasing and increasing and increasing and you know people who are really wealthy 
mm. can keep pushing themselves, you know, away from that zone of sacrifice. They can mm -hmm. use their money to, I don't know, get clean water, to mm -hmm. fly elsewhere. Um, and so that zone of sacrifice is eventually going to reach them. Mm -hmm. But we have to convince the people who do have that wealth that it's worthwhile to not even get to that point. Yeah. So kind of... Uh, my interest in sustainability lies a lot in that kind of awareness, but also specifically looking at like bodies of water and being able to provide people with access to drinking water and mm -hmm. means to continue having that. Wow. I didn't know at all like anything about that, so thank you for that. Yeah. A little educational segment. A little educational moment. It's a little something. I do have a final question that I do ask everybody. Sure. Um, Sorry. We broke your table. It's fine. Did not break you. Um, what do you want your legacy to be when you leave this earth? I want it to be of love and I want people to feel seen and heard and like they're not alone because they can connect with what I have to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess I want to make people feel closer to each other. That's nice. I like that. Thanks. Um, do you want to plug anything? Music? Uh, sure, yeah. Channels? Anything? Definitely. Check out my music. Uh, my artist's name is Alexi 8-Bit, and all of my social media handles are Alexi 8-Bit. That's A-L-E-X-I, the number 8. B-I-T. Uh, is that everything? That's, that's all the... Uh, no, I want to shout out some other people. Okay, go ahead. Zachariah Williams. Go follow him. Uh, I believe his Instagram is z.h.williams. He is a really great cinematographer and videographer, creative director, all of that. You can hit him up for your uh, music video and other needs. Also, KJ Langlo, she's a super great visual artist and tattoo artist. Hit her up for um, all your visual art needs. Awesome. And that's on community. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> another thing, do you want me to add any crazy special effects to you? Or, like anything, pretty much. I'm working on my editing skills, so. Yeah, I mean, any moment where I'm, like, looking right at the camera. Okay. If you want to, like, cut to it or, or some, I don't know. Okay. You can, feel free to, like, do funny stuff. Okay. To emphasize different parts of our conversation. Okay, 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 cool. Uh, shout out to Giz. Shout out Giz. Chilling there. Um, yeah, thank you again for, for doing this with me. Thanks so and, much. Uh, welcoming me to the Austin community. Yeah, And totally. hopefully I do come back here more and meet new people so thank you yeah. for coming on and and everything that you've uh told the people today um thanks so much for having yeah. me this has been really great thank you for the yeah. little gifts oh you yeah got of course it's so sweet i just wanted to give everybody something but um yeah guys thanks thank you again for watching go follow her on instagram tiktok i'll put everything in the description whatever she has go listen to her music and i will see you guys again thank you and i will can't get rich if we stay moving like we all afraid sleeping studios baby this the life i made